When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up? Welcome in. Tuesday episode of GC Live. Wes Mitchell here with Colin Taylor joining me today. Chris Clark still taking a little bit of time off. Um, Colin, we, we don't have a ton of time, man, so let, let's jump right into it. There was, there was honestly, I wanted to do a show yesterday, but there was frankly so much going on. Um, tacking on um, everything going on over the weekend to a football press conference and, and information uh, coming out from that as well. Uh, we're we're going to try to I guess, digest everything that's happened over the last few days and cram it into, I don't know, about 30 minutes here because I know uh, you, you've got to hop on to, to some baseball stuff after this. But um, I, I feel like as much as there is to talk about, the name G.G. Jackson is kind of at the, uh, the front of the conversation for pretty much everybody who is a South Carolina fan right now. So, Colin, you, uh, you made that trip up to Fort Mill – Yep. Last night, saw him play in playoffs. You spoke to him as well. Um, so I'll, I'll let you sort of take the floor, man. What what do people need to know if they've been living under a rock and they have not been reading Gamecock Central and the reporting on GG so far? I know you've spoken to him. You've now spoken to his dad as well. Y'all can go read that full story on Gamecock Central as well. Um, what is the latest you're getting here, Colin? Yeah, so for those, like you said, for those who've li- been living under a rock, GG Jackson – is the number, I want to say he's the number 10 player in the on three rankings, number seven in the consensus. Um, top, I mean, plays a Ridgeview from South Carolina. He's someone that South Carolina's tracked for a while. They hosted on an official visit starting Friday, going through Sunday. Uh, all indications are things went really well. Uh, now he's kind of getting into the potential to, to make a decision sometime soon. So that's coming down the pipe. Um, or Pike, or I, I always forget that one, but uh, chance for him to potentially pick South Carolina. Uh, they're right in the running with the North Carolinas, the Dukes of the world. So had a lot of really complimentary things to say about South Carolina, the program, the staff, um, the visit, and he's been receptive. Uh, the quote that got passed around on social media last night from our interview with him, um, he's been very, like, incredibly receptive to staying home and, and playing and, and being what Asia Wilson was on the, the women's side of which Davion Clowney was on the um, football side of things. So um, we talked with him. We talked with his dad, obviously talked to people around the recruitment around you know, with knowledge of the visit. So uh, plenty uh, of GG to go around and we might have some more, not only GG stuff, but recruiting news as the week goes on as um, we get away from what was a, a really successful and productive recruiting weekend for South Carolina. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think you can – if you're the staff, you can kind of only use this pitch with a select few people. Um, but Gigi Jackson is, I believe, probably a good enough prospect and you would say a, a, a well-enough-known prospect, um, high-enough-ranked prospect that you can uh, – he kind of goes above and beyond just being an, an, an on-the-court type recruitment and um you know to 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 mention asia wilson um to mention jadavian Clowney, um the fact he met with spencer rattler to talk about um some of the nil opportunities that spencer's had and just what it's been like being big man on campus for a few weeks at south carolina colin um it kind of it it feels a little bit like the Lattimore recruitment to me yeah. honestly like um certainly that was a part of the pitch with Clowney, and I'm sure that was part of the pitch to an extent with like Gilmore the year before. But I just remember Lattimore being the guy that was in-state, was very well-known, and that was sort of taking his time with like going through the process, going to multiple official visits, while also giving his home state school – every opportunity to recruit him and whether South Carolina gets Gigi Jackson or not, you, he, he has given the Gamecocks every opportunity to try and put their best foot forward, um, which I think says something about he and his family's interest in seeing if South Carolina can be everything they need in a program, I guess would be the best way to say it without having to venture out to one of these, quote, blue blood programs that's uh, outside of the state's borders. Yeah, and and that's been a big pitch that, listen, you know, you can have success. If South Carolina does end up landing Gigi, whether that's in the 23, 22 class, whichever one he decides to come out with, um, they're going to do it outwork, you know, beating out the North Carolinas, the Dukes, uh, Virginia's shown interest. Georgetown showing interest. You have um, Auburn and Texas A&M showing interest, but I mean, Duke and North Carolina, the the two real big ones outside of South Carolina right now. Um, The pitch has been, listen, you can celebrate anywhere. You can go put up numbers anywhere, um, but it's a little bit more special at home. And and they kind of really tried to drive that point home on his official visit. Um, You know, they had the big message at halftime with PJ Dozier, with Asia Wilson, with Kerry Rich, with, Alex English, all and Justin Mackey, all these guys that that stayed home and had success doing it. Um, they really tried to drive that point home that listen, you know, you're gonna put, you're gonna be really good wherever you go, but it makes it a little bit more special if you stay home and do it, playing 25 minutes from where you play high school ball. Um, and I think that that's something that has appealed to him, and I think that that's a big driving factor and the fact now that he can make money off his name, he can make money off his, his image and his likeness. And there's some revenue streams in Columbia being, you know, that big man on campus, if he, if he were to commit. Um, and, and I think that that's a pillar as well. So um, are we still thinking based on what you got from, from Gigi and his dad uh, decision soon decision at the end of the playoff run is that I feel like, my many years following and covering recruiting decision timetables can be very fluid. And it, it's something that can change really at the drop of a hat. But 
But right now, as we talk on two 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 two, whatever it is, probably two 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 two. Yeah, is uh, is this a situation where we're still anticipating um, a possible decision soon? Yeah, I think so. Um, even f- I've talked to Gigi, I mean, probably four or five times this season, uh, just at different events and all that. And he's been pretty consistent in terms of when his timeline is. Um, he's not said, I'm committing on February this, or I'm committing on March this. He doesn't have a date, but the timeline itself has been pretty consistent that it was going to be sometime after his official, all of his scheduled official visits were taken. Uh, South Carolina was the last one he had scheduled. So, and then now it's, you know, it's after that. And both he and his father both said, we're going to finish up this playoff run, uh, which they're in the semifinals. The semifinals are Saturday and then the finals would be the the following week. Um, We're going to finish up that and then kind of sit down as a family and and make a decision. So um, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be the next day, but over the next couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, um, you could potentially have a decision for Gigi. And then the next question after that is, does he reclassify? And that obviously, I mean, if it's South Carolina, um, that is a massive, I mean, uh, possibly as big as the actual decision itself. Yeah. I mean, and you pair it with, I've really enjoyed, I've really liked what South Carolina has tried to do with their 2022 recruiting class with, you get a top 150 kid in um, Zach Davis, who I saw recently and, and you know, has the potential to be really good. You have some pieces to work with in a Daniel Sanford and a Bryce Lindsey who um, have some potential there. And then if you add Gigi Jackson, not only if you add him, but if you get him to reclassify into that 2022, um, that that's cooking with gas if, if you're Frank Martin in South Carolina's program. So, um, that would be huge. They haven't come to a decision on that really at all. And it's a matter of, do they, do he and his family feel ready to, from a mental standpoint, from a phys- physical standpoint, um, from a maturity standpoint to make the jump to college ball foregoing what would be his senior year at Ridgeview or anywhere else. Yeah. And you know, you obviously you have the, the elephant in the room is that his high school coach is, is leaving as well, so that you know, if, if you're if you're a top basketball prospect these days, um, you know, go, gone are the days of just well, I I commit somewhere, you know, then I'm going to go for a, a year, and then I'm going to if I play well enough, I'm going to go to the NBA. It's kind of there's all these different options, and you've got you know the what is it the overtime league or what I, yeah. you know, I don't follow the stuff that closely on that end, but you've got options, you've got the reclassification stuff. Uh, you know, there, there's so much more that goes into it. And then, as you mentioned before, the NIL aspect of uh, Carolina does get a little bit of a, a distinct advantage in that he is a Columbia kid. So it's not it's not just, you know, if you're looking at local businesses who may su- want to support the, the basketball program or the players at the program, it's not just, oh, this is a kid that stayed in state. It is a, a low, hyper-local kid that stayed in town. Yeah, hi- hyper local that has NBA level talent. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just given the nature of his recruitment, and it's been such a—I hate the term low maintenance because that's—it feels weird. But there's not been a lot of headache from South Carolina's perspective in recruiting him. It's been an easy recruitment to um, these fantastic 
guy. Um, I've talked to him a bunch, a great family. Um, it's, it's been a really easy recruitment. And I think because of that and because how much fans would love to root for something like South Carolina getting potentially the number one player in the country, um, I think those NLI options would be um, – you wouldn't have to go far um, to find people yeah. willing to uh, give him some NLI money. Yeah, and I mean – as you just alluded to, it seems like he's been great to you guys, man, like to the basketball media, to the the high school media in the state as well. Um, Sometimes these larger than life sort of names, honestly, the kids kind of let it go to their head and then they, they don't want to talk to anybody. And it sort of um, becomes a bigger deal than it even maybe should be. It seems like he has always been uh, down to earth and willing to talk and, and even, uh, you know, you look at the pictures, um, Katie, uh, who takes photos for us on Gamecock Central, did a great job of capturing, I feel like, how um, how into the game yeah. he was on, on Saturday. Uh, this does not seem like a kid, from my outside perspective looking in, that has let the process go to his head. He has sort of seemed to remain who he is. Yeah, and, I mean, that's a credit to his family. Um, I got to – Sit, I mean, not sit down with, but meet really. You exchange some messages with him every now and again, but I got to really sit down and talk with his family yesterday, and they're great. And um, when you get into some high profile recruiting, you can have, for lack of a better word, handlers and, and people looking for theirs. And I don't, I don't get the sense that that's this, this case right now. And um, you wouldn't be able to tell it just by meeting him that he's a, a top 10 and again, potentially the number one player in the country. Um, just because of how humble he is. And I mean, last night, you know, Jamie Shaw and I were at the game and um, we're, we finished up talking to Gigi. We're just kind of standing around letting the team leave because they played at Fort Mill. Um, and he's taking pictures with fans. He's taking pictures with opposing fans and, and talking to people. And it's just different. It, it feels different with him. And, and he's a very um, down to earth guy and, you know, a great personality and, Whoever lands him is going to get a really, really good piece of the puzzle. Definitely, man. So um, we'll, we'll certainly keep everybody in tune on what's going on with that on GamecockCentral.com. You can still subscribe. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, this deal is going yep. away very, very soon. One dollar uh, for your first year. So if you if you have not signed up yet, I would encourage you, if you're a GC Live watcher, listener, viewer, but you've never taken the plunge, this will be the time to do it. Colin, the deal is going away forever, um, middle of this week. So $1 for a full year um, for all of our football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, baseball, women's bat, just the entire deal for $1, $1. Just try us out, $1. See if you like it. If you don't like it, you can cancel, no hard feelings. But um, there will be some hard feelings? Just for me specifically, not for you. Okay, I got you. Colin will have hard feelings. I'll I'll be okay with it. But so – Colin, let, let's let's roll through some of the other stuff going on and what was just a, a crazy few days. And and by the way, I didn't even mention it off top. This show is, as always, presented by our buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, ClintHammond.com. You see it right above my head every single th- every single show. 803-771-6933. The game itself on Saturday, South Carolina defeating LSU in what was um really just an incredible story of a game, I felt like. You had um Jermaine Kusnar with the the maybe the best game I've ever seen him play with his mom in the stands. It was well-documented during the game, uh, what she has gone through. Uh, the come-from-behind aspects of this game, South Carolina continuing to just sort of fight 
And um, you know what? Are they going to make the tournament? It's still a tough hill to climb. You, uh, again, go check it out, GamecockCentral.com. You dug into some numbers. Let's make them go read the details. But how, in general, how tall is the climb at this point? Obviously, beating LSU at least keeps it a conversation. But um, this net ranking stuff, man, I, I was amazed that the Gamecocks didn't even really jump much as far as that went. Yeah, it's largely efficiency-based, and I delve really deep into that in the article, so I won't spoil it for you here. Um, you can read it for a dollar. Um, for better or worse, it's just the system they have right now, and, and South Carolina's, um, you know, some of the things that the net values um, South Carolina's not great in, which is why those numbers dip. But um, at this point, all South Carolina can do is just try to win as many games as possible and let the chips fall where they may. They they desperately needed – they had a quad one win before this, um, but not all quad one wins are created equal. And beating a, a good LSU team um, is – the the best win of the year by far. Just, I mean, best win of the year by far. And quad one, a chance to really improve the resume. And now you have some winnable, like winnable, winnable games uh, down the stretch. And you, if you figure out a way to win all of them, uh, then, you, then you're cooking. But if not, then there's little room for error. Um, if you're South Carolina trying to make the NCAA tournament and, um, a couple wins probably helps your NIT case exponentially as well as you get down the stretch. Yeah, and I, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit surprised looking at the numbers in your piece, Colin, that um, even winning, winning out, but then losing to Auburn, um, even that scenario, which seems much more plausible, yeah. is it, still you're talking about a very, very tough climb for this team. But all, as you said, all they can do is uh, they're they're not going to quit. You know, they're going to keep competing, and uh, and we'll certainly see what happens. Um, Fast-forwarding to Sunday, um, you were at Founders Park, right, for um, for what, you know, I and, and I was on the road driving Sunday, and I was, I was listening to the women's basketball game. I was listening to the baseball game. Um, I, I'll admit I was like, well, this baseball game is over. Um, I imagine a lot of people felt the same way. I felt the uh, same way. Yeah, Colin felt the same way. Uh, wh- how how do you wh- what what's your takeaway from the weekend in sort of consolidating the fact that um, there were maybe some scary things uh, about this weekend, while also the fact that you still have to give a team a lot of credit for battling it out and finding a way in the ninth, although that's probably not repeatable. Most, no. most games no. that you're down six, six <laughs> you're not winning. No. Um, yeah. Listen, it's so much easier to correct mistakes when you're two and one compared to when you are one and two and um, winning helps the mood, the morale around the team do winning the way you won certainly makes you feel a little bit better. Are there some concerning things? Absolutely. Need more consistency out of the bullpen. Um, need at bats to be better with runners in scoring position, uh, runners on base, which was a struggle last year. Uh, they've been really good with runners on third and, and less than two outs. 
but you've seen enough. I mean, you saw some good things from, um, you know, Michael Braswell. We have a great story about him up there today. I'm a little bit biased, but I think what I wrote was really good. Um, Andrew Eister and Braylon Wimmer both had a really good weekend. Brant Belk showed some flashes, walked five times in three games. Um, they have some pieces to work with, and now it's just a matter of because there's so many new faces, how do those pieces mesh? And, and when when do you use one piece to out for another or, or something like that? So um, a lot there, – there are some concerns. I'm not saying there's not, um, but it's easier to do it easier to correct those things when you win and i think they have some pieces here that if it comes together they have a chance to be pretty good yeah as craig says michael freaking braswell um this kid has like superstar yeah. i mean I, I know i don't I want to get too far ahead of ourselves but he has superstar kind of written all over him it feels like kyle yeah i mean and, and we talked to Drew Meyer, who played in the bigs, and Joey Pancake, who played in, you know, was a really, really good shortstop for South Carolina. Both started as freshmen like Braswell did this weekend. And when you have those two guys going out and, and gushing about you and saying how much they love watching you play, how much they enjoy, and, and how special that you have a chance to be if you keep on this track, that says a lot. And, and he just brings an energy about him. He brings fearlessness and, and a swagger about him that you haven't seen in the shortstop position for a while. Um, and if you can get that from him and um, really just channel that and have him turn into a leader on this team, which you need leaders on this team, um, that they get a chance to be a, a, a boom and really help this offense and really help this defense try to get where it needs to be to compete for a super regional and, and an Omaha berth. Is we talked about this before the season started, but is this kid also their best option as closer? <laughs> he might be. <laughs> like um, he went out there and shoved against UNCG on Sunday, and um, it's a funky delivery. It comes out of his hand weird, and and it's also like a fastball that's you know ninety one to ninety three, depending on the day. So when you can mix that stuff you got a chance to be a back-end guy, and, and he's given no indications that he can't be a, an effective pitcher at this level in some capacity. I, I wonder, Colin, if he's a guy, too, that if if he ends up pitching more and more, um, like you, you watch him throw the ball across the diamond from shortstop, um, it almost feels like there's maybe more in the arm uh, yeah. as far as velocity that maybe as time goes on, maybe he smooths out something a little bit with the pitching delivery, and um, maybe he adds Some a little bit extra velocity um, down the road. So we'll, we'll see. And, and I I think instantly, man, week one, the fans are he all in on this. Fan favorite, man. That, they love him. Rightfully so. I mean, what he did on yeah. Sunday was as stupidly impressive as I've seen someone do anything on a baseball field in a very long time and local businesses uh y'all should probably get get in uh, yeah. nil uh probably probably a lot of things that could be done yeah. there if you're michael braswell i would think so we'll uh, we'll certainly be watching him um here shortly you're going to be headed back to the park right uh winthrop four o'clock pitch yep what, what do we um what do we know who's starting for carolina what are you looking for tonight yeah, um, Kate Austin's going to get the start for South Carolina. He really struggled in that 
outing on Friday night on opening day, he just got barreled up too much. And his, I mean, granted it was his first college appearance. So uh, that has something to do with it probably. And he's going to get back on the horse and they're going to see if he can't get a little bit better. And um, he's got potential. He's been really good in the preseason. Um, so we'll see. And if you're South Carolina, you need to get out to faster starts. You, you didn't on Saturday and Sunday. And now it's about, can we go out there and attack Winthrop and, and put pressure on him early and, and get out to a lead and you know, take some of this pressure off the pitching staff that still needs to figure some things out. And those are the things that I'm really going to be looking for. And, um, that if they can do those things, it should be a, a win for South Carolina in pretty easy fashion. Colin's got to get out of here in about two minutes. So I'm, I'm going to talk a bit about the uh, football press conference from yesterday. But um, to lead us into that, Colin, before, before we let you get out of here, give me one thought on um, the Jody Wright debut uh, yesterday and uh, whether it's from what Beamer said or what Jody said. Uh, give me one thought from that, man, if you will. You're going to be a good recruiter, man. That dude, um, obviously listening to him talk, uh, he was fantastic. Um, funny, engaging, down-home Southern boy. <laughs> like, I mean, you can tell that he he has roots in the South and he can recruit that area, you know, these, these areas that he's going to be, you know, recruiting. Um, and then we were visiting with him afterwards, just introducing ourselves and, and chit-chatting for a minute. He's funny. So I, got, I think he's going to have a chance to be a really good recruiter. And, and he's learned from, I mean, one of the best in Nick Saban on how to do it. And, and Bill Clark's obviously a great coach too. So, um, really impressed with him and, and his ability to talk to the media and just be engaging. That smile did not uh, leave no, his face. I, I think it's still on there, like <laughs> the way he's the way he talked about it. He's grinning the whole time, man. I, I love it. You kind of you kind of appreciate people like that. There was like a genuineness to yeah. the press conference, and he, whenever um, people would ask him questions and they would introduce themselves. He always called him back by name. I feel yeah. like like there was a, a genuineness to the interactions as opposed to just, oh, you you guys are the media. I have to stand up here and talk about it. It was more right. of a human-to-human interaction, uh, which I, I think everybody probably appreciated. Uh, Colin, we'll let you get out of here, man. Everybody go check out his baseball coverage tonight, GamecockCentral.com, South Carolina versus Winthrop. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay, man? Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate it. It's Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central. Dot com checking in with us as always um, here on GC Live. And uh, we'll probably do a little bit of a short show. Uh, we're at about, what, the 30-minute mark now. If y'all have any questions, uh, hit me with them, and uh, I'll, I'll try to get you an answer before we get out of here. Uh, Craig saying Jody is a smiler. He absolutely is. He's got an infectious smile, y'all. Like you, There was just – it's kind of hard to put into words, but there was a – genuineness about maybe a gratefulness about being at South Carolina that I think we've seen from a lot of these coaches. And I do think there is a sense at times when South Carolina has brought in past coaches who had been at other SEC schools, other sort of name logo, if you will, SEC schools, there was a sense from some of these guys that maybe they, I don't even know if they felt this way, but this is the way it felt watching them interact. That they were a little bit above South Carolina, a little bit above the school. And I, I think you see with, with a lot of these guys Beamer has hired, that is certainly not the case, that these guys come in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. Um, 
it reminds me – he reminds me a little bit, actually, and I'm just thinking of this, um, the way he interacts with people. It's kind of similar to Clayton White. Clayton White, just one of the most down-to-earth guys you will ever see talk, that you will ever meet. Um, and Clayton White's that same guy um, no matter the setting. And I, I think you – you know, you want to talk about fit, which um, is sometimes an overused word, but certainly applies here. I, I think Jody Wright certainly fits with South Carolina's uh, coaching staff. He fits with what Beamer is trying to build. And um, he, he, he fits in that he uh, can sort of coach multiple spots. There's, there's coaching. You know, we talk about uh, player position versatility a lot, but there's some coaching versatility in that he comes in as the tight ends coach, but he's coached O-line before. He's coached running backs before. He's um, done, he, he's been in a situation where obviously he ran recruiting for Nick Saban, which is probably, I don't know, that might be one of the scariest jobs in football, having to run the entire recruiting office for somebody as detail-oriented as Nick Saban. If you can do that for three years and do it successfully, then you have you have a little bit of uh, moxie about you in my opinion. So, yeah, very, very impressed, y'all. Um, easy to see why Jody Wright was the hire, in my opinion. I, I think you're going you're gonna to be very, very happy with the results there. Um, and uh, I, I want to go a little bit more into that before we get out of here. But first, I, uh, I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor. And uh, you, you've heard me mention these folks the last, I would say, week and a half, uh, last maybe two or three shows. And again, want to thank uh, the fine folks at Liberty Tax right here in Columbia. Um, overcome your tax anxiety. 803-462-5576. Your tax anxiety is that feeling a lot of you get right now because you know it's tax time. You have to do your taxes. Uh, the government makes you do your taxes. And uh, you maybe are a little bit concerned about exactly how it works. You want to make sure you do everything right. You want to make sure that you are protected from the IRS. And... Um, no better time in the world for you to call the tax team at Liberty Tax Locations in Irmo and Lexington. Um, you've got locations at 1123 South Lake Drive in Lexington, at 7467 St. Andrews Road in Irmo by the Kroger, and then a new location, um, also St. Andrews Road, but the Columbia side, 551 St. Andrews Road, Columbia 29210, that's by the Harbor Freight at KJ's Grocery next to Goodwill. They're locally owned and operated. Um, you can do virtual income tax prep if you don't want to go in the office, or you can go in for local tax prep in person in their office, and they are open evenings and weekends for this time of year. So uh, go check out the folks um, at Liberty Tax right here in Columbia or right across over there in, in Lexington if you want. And, uh, yeah, want to appreciate, again, want to let Larry know how much we appreciate them supporting the show Give them a call, 803-462-5576. Um, if y'all got questions, hit me up with them. Um, Gamecock Ryan says, his break is up. Going to catch the rest after work. Keep up the good work. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you, man. Uh, Max says he's excited about football. Me too. Spring practice is in three weeks. I'm, I'm pumped, y'all. I mean, the excitement level amongst the fan base um, – I don't want to say it's at an all-time high. That's hyperbole. Um, but the excitement level compared to where it was um, this time last year, compared to where it was certainly two and three years ago, 
is um, it's a at a much better, more fun. Honestly, it's more fun to talk about the team right now. It's more fun to talk football with you guys right now. So I am beyond pumped about diving into some spring football practice coverage in a few weeks. And I'm beyond pumped uh, to, to carry that over into the summer and into the season. Um, Max says, I was looking at Wells' highlights. I couldn't really gauge his speed. Is he a fast receiver? Um, you know, I think he's one of those guys that I don't know that I would call him a burner, but um, he's plenty fast enough, if that makes sense. He, uh, he He's going to be able to separate, I think, at this level. He knows how to separate certainly at the FCS level. And um, I, I I think you guys are going to be very happy with Antoine Wells. I'm, I'm excited to watch him. Hopefully we'll get a chance to see him this spring a, a bit. Um, I don't know what the practice schedule is going to be like as far as what's opened or closed, but he's one of those guys I'm very curious to watch go up against South Carolina's defensive backs and see what he's capable of. But um, the uh, – so – if, if you have not watched um, my Garnet Trust interview with Luke Doty, I would encourage you guys to go watch it. It's completely free, whether you're a Gamecock Central subscriber um, or a Garnet Trust supporter or not. You can go watch it, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. Really solid 30 to 33 minutes with Luke. Um, and I don't say that because I did the interview. I say that because of, uh, of, of Luke himself. Just some really great, honest, um, in-depth answers, and, you know, I, I've never not been impressed with Luke, but I was even more impressed with Luke, just the talking about, you know, South Carolina bringing in Spencer Rattler, talking about um, the injury and, and just everything um, that he's been through and just has continued to have a smile on his face, continued to handle things the right way. Um, so I, I would go check that out, and the reason I bring that up right now, Mac, is that, he also talked about some of the newcomers and Antoine Wells was one of the guys that Luke bragged on. And he, he, I believe his quote was, you know, this guy's a dog. Like this guy gets after it, um, brings an edge to the receiving core. He's got some size. Um, he's got some thickness to him. I should say he's over 200 pounds. And actually I'm working on getting an Antoine Wells exclusive interview as well. So I'll I'll ask him. We'll we'll find out exactly what his 40-yard dash is. We'll find out exactly how fast he is. I'm going to say he's going to be plenty fast enough, but not necessarily that burner guy that's known for his speed, if that makes sense. Um, Craig says Anthony Rose is going to be a dude. I agree, man. That kid is an absolute freak of an athlete. Um, comes in listed as a safety, but he has cornerback athleticism. I'm – I'm I'm a big Anthony Rose guy. I think I, I think he can help this team this year if he can come in and get settled in and and really handle all the the all the stuff that comes with playing as a freshman. I think the physical tools, if that makes sense, are there. Um, Wyman Long on Facebook want to know: Will Stone Blanton play baseball or stick to football? Right now, the plan is 100% for Stone to play both. Um, he was recruited by both. He was recruited, um, equally by, by football, but, but then baseball was always there to say, Hey, you can, I was about to say he was recruited equally by both. That's probably not true because ba he was committed to Mississippi state baseball. So in baseball recruiting, 
there's kind of an unspoken rule that you don't really um, go all in recruiting someone who is um, is committed to another school. But baseball always had consistently let it be known if you come to South Carolina, you have the opportunity to, to come play baseball. And so the, the plan has always been for Stone to play both. And he's really he's pretty good at both from what I hear. So we'll, we'll certainly – can that change as – you know, if, if if football is going way better than baseball, could all that potentially change? Of course. But right now, the uh, the plan is both. Um, let's see. I want to get a couple more questions for you guys. Wow, y'all got some comments here. Um, let's see. Y'all give me a second. Let me dive back up. There was a question about tight ends, I think, that I missed. Um, okay, yeah. Should you be concerned about tight end depth? I don't think so. Beamer mentioned that yesterday, though, that there is a concern in his eyes this spring, which at first you may be like, well, why is tight end a concern? Well, as far as spring depth goes, compare it to last year. And Nick Muse is gone, obviously. Well, EJ Jenkins, while it's sort of a hybrid role, essentially by the final half of the year last year, was playing wide receiver. And Eric Shaw was playing wide receiver as well. So that, that's three guys right there that were that were tight ends that are now playing different positions. Plus, Jaheim Bell is in the tight end room but isn't really playing in-line tight end. Um, we honestly need to find it, figure out a name for his position. Um, Jaheim you know, is a tight end, but is he really? Uh, I don't I don't know if you count him that way. He's not a guy that's going to be blocking a, a ton as an inline tight end. So you have Trey Kenyon, obviously, and you'll have Austin Stogner coming in, um, but he won't be here for spring practice. So, so Stog coming in will help alleviate a little bit of that concern. Um, but is there is there a, a little bit of an issue with depth? Um, at, at tight end at this point, yes. Uh, is that something they may address in the transfer portal if the right guy came along after the spring? That's one of those positions where if the right guy came along, people would probably be like, wait, why are you getting another tight end? I wouldn't be surprised if they addressed it. Um, but again, only if the right guy popped along. Just like, you know, talking about edge and defensive end. If the right defensive end came along after the spring, would you would you address it? I would say I would say yes, absolutely. They have two spots left. So we'll see if um we'll see where those two spots end up going. Um what's up to KC? KC is a new on three Gamecock Central subscriber. Welcome on board KC. Hope everybody else can join us as well. Um Craig uh throwing some love at the Doty interview. Appreciate you, Craig. Yeah, I would encourage you all to go listen to Luke, man. He uh, really just – Luke is a pro's pro. Um, awesome dude, awesome kid, and uh, just has handled handled everything so much better than I think most people would. Um, Lynn says, I'm ready to get your reviews of Rattler in action. Me too. I'm, I'm ready to see that. Um, very much ready to see that. Um Rob says Doty seems like an awesome kid. Absolutely. Um, let's see. 
Jamie says, shout out on the Garnet Trust interviews. So many coming out. Hey, many more to come, man. So I'll uh, this isn't public yet, but I'll I'll go ahead and give y'all the scoop here on the show. Um Terrell Dawkins, I'm supposed to talk to him tomorrow. So that one will probably drop on Friday, I would think. And then um I we've I've worked it out to to talk to Antoine Wells Jr. as well, but um we haven't set that one up as far as just getting a, a time and date that works for everybody. These kids, y'all, these kids are very busy right now. Um, they may not be in spring practice, but they are super busy right now. They lift um, in the mornings on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, they have Wednesday off. Wednesday is recovery day. And then they have these competitive toughness um, workouts, exercises, um, competitive toughness nights whatever you want to call it, on Tuesday and Thursday. So the kids are very, very busy. Um, so we're always sort of working with that in mind for these Garnet Trust interviews. But um, I promise you many, many more to come uh, as far as that goes. Uh, let's see. Greg says Stog will be great. I agree. Um, Lake said, is Eric Shaw still on the team? He is on the team. He's just He's been playing wide receiver. Um Let's see. Uh, love the interviews. Love the interviews. Um, Bob says they're a cutoff date for transfers to come in. Um, there, there won't be any transfers. There won't be any additional transfers for spring practice. That date has already passed, um, Bob. There, there can still be transfers after the spring that could come in for the roster um, next year. I do need to check on one thing. I and I, I should know this, y'all. To be honest. I saw some talk that there may be an SEC rule now about an SEC to SEC transfer after a certain date has passed, um, that and that date has already passed. So I need to look out, look at the details on that, and get back to you and, and make sure uh, for future reference that I am uh, telling people correctly. But um, certainly, based on my understanding, and this is one of those things when coaches talk about the transfer portal needing just some better structure, I think is the best way to say it. When they talk about the portal needing better structure, I think this is one of the things coaches is talking about. Coaches are talking about. We need a little more structure on what is allowed and what is not allowed as far as the timing and eligibility. Uh, is there is there going to be a cutoff? to where if you get to a certain date, that's the cutoff for rosters, and that's it. Um, you know, is there is there a little bit better way we can sort of do this thing? I, I There probably is. Now, what all those answers are, I don't know. But I, I think you're going to see a little more regulation just about how the portal gets structured because um, obviously we know it, it's been – the Wild West, um, as far as that goes, the last um, the last month it slowed down, but but prior to that, I mean, y'all saw it those two months there. It was it was crazy for a stretch. Um, let's see what else we got, y'all. Um, oh, here's a good question for Mac: What changed with the O line communication um, after the bye week? You know what, man? I don't remember the exact time they implemented this, but 
I think bye week was before the Florida game, right? Um, I believe this is when they implemented having Eric Douglas, having the center make more of the calls up front um, and taking a bit of that off of the quarterback. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe that had something to do with it. And, you know, I, I think, I think they, I think they simplified things a little bit as the season progressed and you saw, you saw fewer issues up front. And I will say this, y'all, the, the offensive line is going to be talked about a ton. Um, the offensive line is going to be talked about a ton this off season, rightfully so. And I've seen a lot of talk about recruiting and can South Carolina add a transfer portal offensive line. uh, If they're going to fix the offensive line for next year, it's going to be through those eight, nine, ten kids that that are already in the rotation, that are already on campus. Um, It's going to be about finding the best five, then finding the next best two or three, and – and then gelling together in their second year in this scheme. So I I think it's not about finding – you're not going to find a future first-round draft pick left tackle just chilling in the transfer portal to come in and save the day. That's a great idea in theory, right? That, that sounds great. But guys like that are already going to go to the NFL. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not changing schools. So the keys to the offensive line moving forward is going to be development of those guys that are on campus and finding the right five, finding the right fit um, to get the best five on the field. I will say this, and I'm not making excuses, but it should it should look better in year two um, because there's going to be a, a comfort level within this scheme. You're going to have a better quarterback situation, which I don't care what anyone says. Having a quarterback that can get the ball out quick and understands exactly what needs to happen. Um, Even having better receivers where you're not taking as many coverage sacks um, can help an O-line to look better. But I I think the big thing is just being in year two, being in a situation where you understand the terminology. You've been around it for two years now, two seasons now, and – they did sort of simplify simplify things as the year progressed. So I think sort of knowing what they are on offense, um, having a better feel for for what works with this talent or these skill sets, I should say. The O-line, I would imagine, will be improved. Now, how much more improved will they be is the question. And, you know, I, I think it's all about matchups, too, the, the – the biggest thing and the maybe the, one of the hardest things for South Carolina is going to be to prove they've made that step forward as an offensive line against the great D-lines that they face. Because, you know, I, I think we sometimes just try to look at things in a vacuum and we just look at Carolina's O-line as Carolina's O-line. When how they look on a play-to-play basis or week-to-week basis, game-to-game basis, is largely also dependent on who you're facing. 
So if you're facing North Carolina, as we saw, South Carolina played very well up front against North Carolina. But some of that was because um, North Carolina got out physical and North Carolina didn't have, now they've recruited pretty darn well up front as well, but I don't know if North Carolina faces the type of size that Carolina had, that South Carolina had on its O-line. I don't think North Carolina faced that week in, week out. Now the other side has been when you're South Carolina and you're facing Texas A&M, for example, um, just studs. It doesn't look pretty, right? And when you're facing, as much as everybody watching this show probably hates to talk about it, um, when you're facing Clemson's defensive front, uh, when you're facing Georgia's defensive front, um, it, it's just a different story. But that, that to me, is going to be the toughest step for Carolina to take as an offensive line, as an offensive unit, will be can you give your quarterback, can you give your running backs time? Can you give your quarterbacks time? Can you give your running backs room against the elite defensive lines that you're going to face um, through, you know, in, in this league? And look, look no further even the O-line's performance early on against Eastern Illinois, a team South Carolina's O-line should have obliterated. And there were already signs of distress early on in the season against Eastern Illinois. But then look at the way they finished the year against North Carolina, which is obviously an ACC, you know, a Power 5 program. And South Carolina, I would say, was pretty dominant in that game. So there, I think there was progress on the offensive line. And I, I think everybody being in the same scheme for a full year will be helpful. How helpful is it? Does it matter against the Texas A&Ms of the world? We shall all find out together, right? But it, it will be helpful. And something else that's not being talked about is having – Greg Adkins, your O-line coach, be in a better situation than he was last year. Um, I'm not going to get all into his business, but Greg Adkins went through a lot last year. Um, some of that ended up being public with some, you know, some of the health scare issues that that Shane Beamer talked about after the Auburn game. Um, so when your O-line is going when your O-line coach is going through a lot on a personal level, um we gotta remember these are still human beings. So that has that plays a factor. That has an effect as well. So with, with a a second year under the same O-line, second year under the same offense, um I'll I'll be very curious to see what progress South Carolina can make um, as an offensive unit. And I think continuity played a big part from everything I've heard in decisions that have been made about South Carolina's offense. Obviously there was a lot of fans, um, you know, and you can make a pretty, you can make a case. There are a lot of fans that wanted South Carolina to make a change at, at offense coordinator. There were some really low moments for the South Carolina offense this past year. So, I, I get it. 
But um, I, I think having some continuity after having a different OC year after year after year, different quarterbacks coach every couple of years, um, there there's a there's a lot there's something to be said about there being some continuity. And I, I think um, from everything I've heard, that was part of Beamer's decision making. Let's not just blow this thing up one year in. Let's not blow this thing up every year when it doesn't go the right way. Let's let's let it play out. Let's see what happens, and let's see what this offense can be with uh, you know with with some better pieces all the way around. So uh, we'll certainly all find out. And I am looking forward to um, checking this thing out this spring and hopefully getting a little bit of a vantage point that we can bring back to you guys um, via Gamecock Central. Uh, All right, y'all, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to hop on off here. Appreciate y'all joining us um, or joining me at this point. Uh, Appreciate Colin for being on earlier. Uh, Appreciate my buddy Clint Hammond, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. If you're in the market for a home or maybe you want to refinance and save yourself some money, hit Clint up. And uh, as you see that scroll going right below me, if you're on the video version, I appreciate uh, our friends at the tax team at Liberty Tax Locations in Columbia, Irmo, and Lexington, 803-462-5576. They will help you knock out your taxes, and I believe I'm even going to get Mike Yuva to to call him up and and do his taxes. So uh, somebody's got to make sure that that Mike handles his business and um, doesn't end up getting a call from the IRS. So uh, we'll, we'll be sending old Mikey to those guys, 803-462-5576. Again, uh, go check out GamecockCentral.com. Um, take advantage, if you haven't already, of that $1 deal. I would love to see some of your beautiful faces on the Insiders Forum uh, so that we can continue the conversation there. Uh, for Colin Taylor, I am Wes Mitchell. Hope you all have a great rest of the day, and I will see you all soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.